Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast. This show is all about art, craft, and creativity, and I produce it weekly in the hope that it will help all of us live long and crafty lives. Purple House with a Bright Red Door in Canberra, Australia, Katherine Ricketson has created a new crafty portal that highlights the latest and greatest in the artsy crafty world. The site, whipup.net, is fabulously addictive and wonderfully inspiring. It's all about handcraft in a hectic world. On any given day, there's usually a post or two to inspire the creative mind and delight the crafty senses. The beauty of WhipUp is that it calls upon the strengths of more than two dozen contributors who excel at a variety of creative endeavors, from fiber art to photography. Catherine and her colleagues together comb the web for artists to celebrate and interesting bits of information to share with all of us who love making stuff. Catherine has created this amazing online community for the artists and crafters to share ideas and pass along wonderful info about the wonderful world of handcraft. There's even a motivating factor for creative types that need a little competitive motivation to get crafting. It's called Whiplash, and it's a competition that requires entrants to create something over the weekend and submit a photo of it for a chance to win some really great prizes and kits. Participants can work in the medium of their choice. The only requirement is that participants create something inspired by a particular theme that Catherine announces at the start of each contest. Before she brought us Whip Up, Catherine launched the wildly popular self Portrait Tuesday website. That site has encouraged folks from all over the world to document their lives and publish those photos on the web. Obviously, Catherine is on a roll. I contacted her recently because I wanted to find out more about her life and where she gets these fantastic ideas. Today, I have the pleasure of bringing you an interview with Catherine that I taped in early May. I hope you enjoy hearing from her as much as I did. Before you settle in for yet another one of my super long interviews, you might want to grab some fabric from your stash and check out craftsanity.com for Catherine's instructions to make kids' pants. The project is a great way to use up that scrap fabric and create some unique clothes for a special child in your life. Okay, here we go. Well, I just want to start out by thanking you profusely for agreeing to be on the show. I really appreciate that. I, I love the sites in your online presence. You have some wonderful projects online, and I think uh, listeners are really going to enjoy hearing from you. So, thank you. Yes, yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, believe me, I'm flattered that you have taken me up <laughs> on the invitation, so so thank you. Um, aren't crafters so polite? <laughs> I find every time I do a show, oh, there's, there's all these, like, thank yous at the beginning. But, yeah, I haven't run into a mean one yet, so hopefully I won't. But <laughs> um, anyway, I want to start off by just kind of getting some information. As far as your education, did you go to school for photography or art? Well, I didn't actually go to art school until I was 20, how old was I, 28, 27, when I started um, art school, and before that I did kind of lots of different things. Um, I didn't really even know that I wanted to go to art school. What made you decide to go? Well, I was, I was doing a degree in museum studies, and I, I kind of wasn't that enthusiastic about it, but I liked it kind of well enough, and I was also studying Chinese at the time and, and went to China for a year and, um, and and studied over there. And when I was there, I just had a little kind of camera that I just carried around with me everywhere and it was so cheap to get film developed and I just would take 
hundreds of photos every day. There was just a photo opportunity around every corner. And then when I came back to Australia, I showed them to a couple of friends who were at art school and they thought that they were fantastic. And, and so I applied to art school and um, got in. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you had a portfolio then. If you're taking 100 photos a day, it probably wasn't hard to yeah, that's it. Right. Yeah, that's right. And I didn't really even think about it. Obviously, at the time, I wasn't even thinking about art school. It wasn't really on... You know, my parents are not kind of interested in a career that you can't see an end result. <laughs> and um, so, so it kind of wasn't really ever talked about as a possibility when I was going up or anything. You know, I was real practical. I had to do something practical. So did you have a day job before you went to art school? I mean, did you, um, or were you a student? I was a student, yeah. Yeah, but I used to do, um, I mean, before... Before I did that museum degree, I, I also studied, um, I did cooking. That was kind of my practical thing when I left school. I studied cooking for a couple of years and then worked um, as a cook around, I travelled around Australia, backpacking and working in little towns and that kind of thing for ages. And that wasn't really my thing either. <laughs> Were you cooking in restaurants? Yeah, no, re- restaurants or cafes, and I wasn't a chef. I didn't finish. I didn't do, like, five years of chefing. I did, like, two years. Okay. Which kind of was, like, a short order cook, I suppose. But I also did waitressing, and I did generally all that kind of stuff, backpacking around with friends. Well, that sounds fun. I skipped that. I think I was in too big of a hurry after I graduated from college. I hurried up and got a job and got married and mm. skipped that backpacking stuff, but I kicked myself to this day. That I never went on my oh, European yeah. European you know backpacking trip. I, I'll have to wait till my kids get a little bit older and we'll go as a family maybe. <laughs> I know it's not the end, is it? I no, know, it's not. Know, but it's just always say that to me as well. Well, it's you just know, funny because like, oh, your life isn't over when you have kids. No, oh, definitely. I definitely don't feel that way. I, I just yeah. I just laugh at myself because I was in such a I have this like old spirit and I was just in this such a hurry. Graduate yeah. and get a job and I got married. You know, and it's just really funny because I'm like, you know, what was I in such a hurry for? Like, I mean. And the married, my husband and I could have gone backpacking, you know, take time off. Yeah. Of course, our parents would have freaked out, you know, for like, what are your plans? Oh, we don't have any. We're going to just backpack for a while. <laughs> but I really admire the people who, who do that because it's, I think it's quite great to have an adventure like that. So I still plan to yeah. at some point. Yeah, but I think I didn't really know what I wanted to do, which is why I did that. It was kind of like, well, I don't know what else. Yeah. Right now. So were were you taking pictures of, then too? Taking photos, but, but kind of not prolifically, you know, it's quite expensive to get film developed and before digital cameras came around, you know. And, right, right. And, um, you know, so, and, and I wasn't really thinking about it for any particular thing and I didn't know what to take, you know, like I was just, you know, just as a hobby, yeah. So so you decide, your decision to go to art school, you apply, you have all these photos, you apply, you get in. What school were you going to? Can't, well, NICE, it's called the National Institute of the Arts. It's based in Canberra at the ANU. Okay. And which is the Australian National University. Yeah, it's a really kind of lovely setting. It's like in this old building and and I did photo media, which um and it's a four year degree. You do kind of other things as well. Like I think I did like a minor in ceramics and a minor in digital art. Well it sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. And um, you know, and I met lots of people and and that's when I became interested in self-portraiture during that time, and that's when I got married and had my kids, like, halfway through that. It was a hectic time. Yeah. yeah, I had two kids when I was in graduate school myself, and it <laughs> when people say, you know, I couldn't get my homework done, and they're a single person with no baby, you know, <laughs> just like, wait a second, I got my work done. <laughs> 
it was yeah, it's just it's just crazy, you know, you come home and you just got screaming babies and you're trying to like, you know, do your work. But I kind of used all that and I suppose if you're studying art, you can kinda of, you know, I just used my life in my art. And I suppose which is why self portraiture was kind of really a good thing to do at that time, you know, because I was kind of just self-absorbed, family-absorbed, and I, I couldn't really... I didn't have time to look outwards. Was the self-portrait website the first one you started? Yeah, and I had my I had my blog first, and I started that um, when I finished art school, and I did that. I was just exhausted, and I had, like, a three-month-old baby because I, I had Orlando just halfway through my final year. And when I finished, I was just... I was just exhausted, and I couldn't really, you know, think about organising exhibitions and... Work. So I just kind of was at home, and I kind of went into a bit of a slump. And that's when I kind of started. I just started reading blogs. I suppose I didn't. I didn't actually start my blog for ages. And then I started the blog, and I just thought, yeah, that's just my personal one. And just started making things at home. A lot of the online crafters are kind of stay-at-home mums, or they start off as stay-at-home mums needing to do something creative. And I was one of them. And I think I started doing self-portraits on my blog and then some of the other crafters took it up. And then I started the, the separate site for that because that's what my um, final year photography... What attracted you to the whole concept of self-portrait? Was it to document your life? I hate, actually, people taking photos of me. Uh, you know, I just kind of couldn't bear to be captured on film by someone else. And I'll never was happy with those pictures, hated them, and I'd always avoid being in front of the camera. And I suppose I just wanted to explore that a little bit more. I was kind of doing domestic photography and a lot of portraiture of the family, but I didn't, you know, like, I'm not really into cute baby pictures as a art, artistic um, expression. And um, and so I really kind of was thinking, well, what, what else? You know, me, I'm kind of the best subject for myself because... That's who is available. And I, I really like other artists who do that. You know, Nan Golden and Cindy Sherman, really kind of big influences on my early art kind of experience. And so I kind of, in Cindy Sherman's style, I would use myself as subject, but not necessarily be me. But then that kind of turned into more, I suppose, Nan Golden, where I would document my life. So I just kind of would document everything. And, and for like a year, I just had the camera set up in the corner of the house. And I would just, you know, every now and again take a photo of just what was happening. I'm just curious about how you did that. It sounds like a great project to do. And yeah. I just had such basic, I don't have any fancy equipment. I just have a tripod and an old Nikon SLR manual camera and self-timer. I mean, you can have, you know, where you have the, the time of release where it will take 10 photos in a row, which I always thought that would be really cool, but I, don't, I never have any money to buy any equipment. And so I just put the self-timer on it, and I just remember to do it every now and again. And the kids, they just stopped noticing that the camera was going off. And I don't use a flash, so it's not that intrusive. At first, was it where everyone would kind of stop and look toward the camera when you first started doing it? Well, the kids would, you know, go up to it and shake it and tripod <laughs> and they'd try to grab it and stick their fingerprints. I mean, they just lived, you know, they were just little. You know, and after a while, they just kind of forgot about it. And from and there... my husband, you know, like he... And he got used to it as well. I think he just kind of thinks, oh, yeah, that's what Catherine's project is. You know, he's just kind of easygoing, goes, well, what do I tell him to do? So, 
<laughs> so that's fine. He's, you know, happy to be the main subject of my final year on this project. What was the most surprising part when you looked back? Some of them, they kind of tell you something different. Like some of the pictures, if you take them on their own and you're not even, you know, if you're not looking at them, some of the, they might construe as domestic violence situation. They're all black and white and they're quite heavy on the shadows because there's no, there's no flash. So, but, and they're internal photos. So I just use the lighting, you know, because it's kind of taken, the photos just taken quite a random moment, you know, you can't predict when it's going to go off. You might be in the middle of putting your arm out to point to someone, and but in a photo it looks like you're poking them or pushing them, or you know, in your facial expression you might be saying something or you know, animatedly telling a story, but in the photo it looks like you're angry. You know? oh, okay. And so it's kind of interesting that it does kind of turn into something else. In a way. Right, because you know what went on, but your viewer might not. Yeah, yeah. And it's all about also how you display the images and which ones you choose. You might choose to tell a story. And it kind of turns it almost into something else. Like it becomes everyone's self-portrait in a way, everyone's story. It's not just about my life. But, you know, because my life is not that unusual, you know, domestic situation that millions of people have. And everyone has a different kind of situation but I think everyone you can relate to that because you can kind of read into it what you want to read into it. And how did you get from that project your last year of school to encouraging people? I mean, because it seemed like several websites, I mean, everywhere you looked, everyone had a Self-Portrait Tuesday button on their website, you know, because they're all participating in mm. the project well, you my started. Final, actually, my final year, that wasn't my final year, that was my early year. My final year one was actually when I got about, uh, I think it was, 12 women and asked them to take self-portraits and, and a lot of them had never taken self-portraits you know they're, they're like my friends from school who just have a non-artistic normal life and had and probably would never ever think about taking a self-portrait you know like it's kind of a bit weird to do that and I just got all these different women to take self-portraits and that was my final project I had a studio and so they all kind of went into the studio and I had it all set up for them. And so they didn't actually have to have equipment. So they just went into the studio. I had the camera set up and they could be in there as long as they wanted to be and they took their self-portraits and I didn't, I wasn't in there with them. I kind of explained to them how to do it. And so then when I got the images back, like, you know, I was just so excited to see what they all did. And some of them whipped off all their clothes and others did funny little dances and had props and other people would put bags on their heads. And it was all really, really interesting how they all interpreted that space and how they kind of wanted to portray themselves or, you know, didn't want to portray themselves. You know, they didn't want to be seen. They had their backs to the camera or they had full frontal nudity or... So it was all really different. And then all those images were hung next to each other. I kind of chose one as like the artist of the project and I got each of them to choose theirs as well. So it was kind of that, that was their self-portrait that they chose. And that was really, I thought that was really interesting as well, which ones they chose. Did each person that you had participate, um, and they were all women, 12 women, did they come in multiple times to the studio or just once? They came in twice. Okay. I wanted to come in a second time because I thought maybe the second time would be different from the first time, you know, and a little bit more relaxed and you what to expect. And, and then they... And they had seen the first photo shoot as well. So they kind of knew what they would look like. Mm -hmm. 
and they would be more prepared on their second go. And um, and that was interesting because the second one actually, I thought that, I mean, I, I suppose I had my hypothesis of what would happen. But the second one, they were kind of, they were a little bit more stilted, they were a little bit more nervous on the second round because I think they were trying to do something, you know, trying too hard. Whereas on the first one, they didn't have any expectations of what it was going to be and they had absolutely no idea what the outcome would be. And they were really free, much kind of freer. But I didn't have time to do more than that. And I really wanted to expand that project, but I just kind of never got around to doing that, which I suppose then was the Self-Portrait Tuesday was like my expansion of that. Were you still in school when you started that? No, no, that was when I finished. But I kind of had it in my in my head to do something online, but never really kind of knew what. I think I was originally going to do something a bit um, more planned and organised and choose the people to be involved in everything. Um, but then it, but then this kind of just, and I suppose it just grew out of itself. And how did you start that? Amazing. What was the, the very beginning of Self-Portrait Tuesday? How did you start it online? Um, well, just on my blog, I, um, I've just posted a self-portrait and I did a little, you know, explained what self-portrait was and put a few links to self-portrait artists and... You know, just that kind of thing. And, um, and a couple of other of the blogs that I read, um, saw that and really kind of excited by that. And one of them, a bird in the hand, Lisa from a bird in hand. And, um, Joy from Scrapalicious. She was, they were both kind of really early, just enthusiasts of the whole idea. And then they started doing it almost straight away. And there was a couple of others as well. And it just kind of grew. And then, you know, I got like, there was like a hundred people participating and I, and I thought, oh, this is, you know, like maybe I should start a blog for this. You know, there's lots of people doing it. And, and so that's what I did and then heaps of people, and then, um, I put everyone on, the, on a blog line. You know, every, every time someone you started doing it, I just put them on the blog line so I had the, you know, the code on the web, on the website. And I just kind of check in on them every now and again and post. But they just started being too hard to do that. Like, I just couldn't keep up. There were so many people joining. You know, there was like 50 people joining a week. And I was like, oh, wow. God, I can't, I can't deal with this. <laughs> so, you know, and so I got a few extra people on board and, um, and Joy and, um, Holly from, um, Holly Rare and, um, um, who else is there? Um, anyway, yeah, the, the others that, that are, that are involved. Um, there's five of them, uh, or a couple of them dropped out though, and um, and got them to kind of start checking the blog lines for me and weekly and post their, you know, favourite images on the on the site, and um, which made it a little bit more easy. But there's still a lot of kind of back, a lot of um, admin stuff to do, you know. Oh yeah. People just emailing me constantly, and you know, I like to, I don't like to ignore people's emails, so. And people are always like, how do I do it, and what do I do, and <laughs> and and eventually I just thought, oh, it's too um, it's too much. I, I need to um, you know, automate all this. Like I can't um, continue with these blog lines, and so I got my brother to write a little script to upload the links, which is that new thing that I've started, which you know has got lots of teething problems, <laughs> but um. With my brother's like written it from scratch. I couldn't. There was, there's, you know, Photo Friday and Illustration 
Friday, they have that little script where you just put your link in and upload it. Mm-hmm. You're trying to do that for the self-portrait stuff? Yeah, now. so it's, the same, it's kind of the same thing, but they're, but, but the, the, um, like their code, like it's not public code, so I had, so I have to like write it from scratch, like I can't just get someone else's code and use it because it's not public. Right, so you have to kind so, of... Yeah, so I got my brother to do the code for me and, you know, and he's kind of not that um, familiar with um, it's PHP, which is the, the name of the language, that the computer language that they use. And he's not super... I mean, he's a he's a computer nerd, but he's never coded in PHP before, so it's kind of a learning curve for him doing that. So, um, so there's a few little teething problems, but, you know, and it's just beta phase. So that's the new. So, what is self-portrait challenge then? Because that's something. Well, so that's the same. It's just same thing. Well, the Tuesday. I mean, everyone still calls it Tuesday, which is fine. Um, But I just kind of didn't, you know, like it runs for the whole week, so it's not really Tuesday. Okay. You know, but um, so I just thought I'd change it to challenge because it's a little bit more encompassing. You know, people can't just always. And also, with the Self-Portrait Tuesday, people weren't doing it on Tuesday anyway. They were doing it all through the week. I see. So no one was following that rule anyway. (laughs) Yes, that's right. So I was like, oh, well, the Tuesday's kind of a bit, like, you know, it's run its course, I think, the Tuesday thing. Was Tuesday the day that you used to take pictures of yourself? Was it on Tuesday? Yeah, yeah. So I just used to do it on a Tuesday, and and that was kind of just by accident anyway. I just did it on a Tuesday, and then everyone else started doing it on Tuesday. And so it just started, it just, I think it wasn't even me that called it Self-Portrait Tuesday, someone else did that. And, and, um, you know, and it just kind of grew out of just, you know, the community, I suppose, you know. And which is why I wanted this Self-Portrait, um, site to kind of make it more of a community. Eventually I want to put forum on there and, um, you know, and have a members area and all that kind of thing. But, you know, that's kind of, my tech team will work full time as well, so I don't have a um, you know a little te- technical nerdy team behind me. <laughs> I've, just to, I've just got to get them on their weekends, and my brother's just had a baby, and so you know, like I'm continually ringing him up and harassing him. Oh, there's a problem on that, you know. Right, <laughs> right. Like, he has other things. Can you fix it? And he's <laughs> like, oh well, I'm just in the middle of something right now. <laughs> so, yeah. so what is your what is your job that you do during the day? Um, I do magazine design. Um, I work for a, um, an Australian art journal, and I do my advertising manager, and I do um, design layout as well. Okay, and what did you say the name of the company is? It's called Art Monthly. Art Monthly, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I do the layout of the magazine, and I also do the advertising, and um, and it's quite fun. Like it's just a small team. It's a non-profit magazine that runs on government funds. And um, and so it's just a kind of small team that everyone just does, you know, multitask. And it's kind of it's got such a short lead time as well because it's a monthly magazine. So it's you know you kind of don't have time to scratch yourself in between. <laughs> right. Um, putting one issue out and getting the next issue started. So. Yeah. So you said that's a full time job. It's um well it's kind of a part well it's kind of three quarter time. Okay. And then yeah. you're you're a busy mother and then you have all these projects on the side. So there's probably people that, you know, I know people ask me all the time how I do everything and how do you juggle everything that you're doing? Well, I'm I'm not allowed to turn the internet on until after the kids are asleep. That's 
a rule my husband's made recently, which is fair enough. <laughs> and um and and um and you know, I still I I've I've kind of stopped by um like a few of my online things and just um yeah, like, I don't know how about so I just kind of do what I can do, you know. I can't, you can't do more than you can do. And my husband also has a really hectic um, company. He runs his own company. And he's just overseas recently, like, for a week, and that was kind of a bit tough. And, um, you know, so, you know, it's kind of, um, you know, you just have to... It's kind of day-to-day, in a way. You just kind of have ideas, but you can't always... Mm. Yeah. So you just recruit help um, from people when you need it, and if you can't do something, it sounds like you just don't do it then. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you, don't, <laughs> you, don't, you don't always have time to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which seems pretty obvious, but I think a lot, a lot of times, you know, I've struggled myself with that sometimes, saying, well, geez, how am I going to do all this stuff? And my husband's like, well, you just don't do all that stuff, you know. Yeah. Make some yeah. selections. Yeah. Prioritize. Yeah. yeah. I think that's something that motherhood kind of forces us all to learn too. Is how to how to prioritize things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and, and you have to actually fit some time in with the kids. Sometimes. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah, those kids. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and I'm curious. Have something urgent that needs attention. So. Certainly. And, and do you yeah. find you you had brought up when we first started talking that you know sometimes people think oh you know when you get married and have children that suddenly your life is over. But I know in my personal experience, I have found that. Uh, becoming a mother, um, my oldest is only two, so I'm just kind of new. Um, I don't have as much experience yeah. with motherhood as you do, but um, I found that it's even pushed, it seems, feels like it's opened a door to a whole creative world that wasn't even open to me before. Like, I'm seeing things through a child's eyes that, you know, when we go on walks, I mean, trees are amazing and signs are amazing and things that, you know, I might have been too busy to pay as much attention to. Um, and, and, and from that, you can be in your artwork or your photography can be inspired um, just by looking at things at, at, through a child's eyes. Um, how has being a, becoming a mother infected your work and, and your art and your, your crafting? Um, oh, it's, it's kind of just completely changed it, really. Um, before motherhood, I suppose I was in, it was almost like you feel like you're in a, it's like a million years ago. Um, and yeah, the kids are really inspiring, you know, and, but also, um, I suppose with the, with the art, like it, it affected it, um, you know, through art school and all that self-portrait stuff I was talking about. Um, but in the crafting, um, it's, well, I, I kind of hadn't, my, my crafting thing is sewing. Which I started, you know, when I was little, but but really, like, I didn't do, didn't take it seriously, didn't do much of it um, until I had kids, really. And all the knowledge that my mother and grandmother had given me, you know, just kind of came back. And and I, because I make things, really, I make things for my kids. That's kind of what what I, you know, my crafting stuff is really all about making stuff for them. And it's just beautiful, and the stuff you've posted for your children. They're, I mean, it's just it's stuff you can't find in any store, and it's just so wonderful because it's unique, and you can tell it's yeah, made with yeah. love. Yeah, and, and I just love, yeah, because I love just, um, you know, like, it's almost like the, you know, um, you can make things that kids will wear that you would never wear, you know, bright and colorful and funky and just... You know, and it's because it's on miniature scale. It's kind of easy to easy to whip up, 
and um, and so it's, so it's, you can kind of be a bit more creative with with your mate, you know how you make things because um, it's quicker you know you make a, a kid's outfit and if they don't like it then you give it to someone else you know it's not that big a deal and I've had heaps of things that my kids don't like um, my daughter Atelia is really fussy and now um, if I make something without kind of previously getting her um, you know opinion about the fabric or the pattern then she just won't wear it oh <laughs> You know, so it's kind of I've got to, you know, take her fabric shopping with me now, and she, you know, we kind of have a, you know, have to choose it together, and then she'll you know let me make it for her. (laughs) (laughs) But but Orlando's a little bit more easygoing, and he really likes funky. You know, thinks he's cool. You know, and has his little um, zebra pants, and you know, he's kind of a bit of a cool guy. So that's that's quite fun. I like I quite like making. I never thought I'd make boys' clothes. You know, boys things are kind of in the shops. They're all really boring. The army stuff. And yeah. I'm just not into little kids wearing army clothes. No, and, no. Yeah. You know, so you know, I think, and you know, I don't want him to just wear grey and blue, which I don't know about where you are, but that's kind of pretty much all you can buy for boys. Yeah, it is pretty standard, like something with a truck or a car on it or a train. and Yeah, 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 it's it's just not that interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I kind of like him to have some funky little outfits. um, And he thinks he's pretty cool in that. But but also make, um, like I make other stuff too, and lately I've started making um, quilts and, and getting into that and... Um, and that's kind of an artistic kind of process, you know, putting together the fabrics and, you know, I really quite like doing that too. But, um, like I just find I don't, you know, that last year when I was a you know, stay-at-home mum last year, I just really had heaps of time to do all that kind of stuff. And it was really great. But this year I just don't seem to have so much time anymore. What led you to start, because you said, you know, obviously you, you had learned sewing from your, you said your mother and grandmother. Um, mm. Now, what led you to start doing this again after your children were born? Um, well, I suppose I was at, home, was at home, and I needed a creative outlet. Like, I just, like I, um, I just can't be out going out for coffees and and meeting friends and and cleaning the house all day. Like, I just can't. Like, I I know a lot of people are obsessed by their by getting the house perfectly clean and. Um, well, that's not the case in my situation. <laughs> oh, my house is a complete but, um, disaster. <laughs> it's just a you know, disaster. Yeah. It's a creative disaster, I, though. And, you know, you have to ignore that. Otherwise, you'd never, you know, get anything done to yourself. <laughs> right, right. So yeah. you decided instead of spending all your time cleaning, you were going to do some crafting, do some sewing. Yeah, that's right. Make something, you know, and be do something useful. And, and, and a lot of my friends, you know, they, they would say, God, how do you have the time, you know, to make, you know, your kids' clothes? And I'd say, well, you know, come over to my house and you'll see. How <laughs> <the> time, you <laughs> <know>. <laughs> yeah. So how, what kind of reactions do you get? Um, I mean, because the stuff you make is, you know, the photos I've seen on your website and links you've sent to me, um, these are one-of-a-kind items. I mean, do, how do people yeah, react when you're out funny. with your children? What do, they, what do people yeah. say? Um, well, recently I was at um, Spoke Festival, which is like, a, you know, like any Spoke Festival anywhere. It's kind of full of 
kind of interesting people. And these, um, and, and heaps of, you know, I had my kids there and they looked cute outfits and, um, and heaps of people would come up and say, my God, your kids are so well dressed and they're so cute and, um, you know, and I kind of like, in a way that's kind of, you know, like gratifying that, you, you know, but, but it, but also I think, oh, I don't know if I really want my kids to be, you know, looked at quite so closely all the time. But, <laughs> um, but they're not always like well dressed by then. You know, they've got daddy on tracksuits too. So, but um, but yeah, like you know, people do comment, and I actually started selling them the clothes in the market. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. And how how are yeah. they? Are they selling pretty well? Well, I, I stopped doing that. It's just too tight. Like going to the market, like. Like every Sunday, it was just killing, killing me, killing me. I couldn't do it anymore. Did you find that you barely had time to sew for your own children if you were sewing for the market? Yeah, that's right. And it's just not worth. It's just not worth it. What the, you know? How much people expect to pay? You know, they expect to pay what they'd pay for it in you know the department store. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I just you know, like you can't sew it that quickly. You know, like each. Each item, it does take a bit of time. And so I just kind of, you know, found that um, it just wasn't worth it really to do that. Like you have to even go to the next, probably the next step to get them made, you know, design, maybe be a designer and get them manufactured if you want your designs to sell. But mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of bypasses the whole point of handmade, I suppose. <laughs> right, right, if you're having it mass-produced. Exactly, you know. Right. So I just stopped doing it and just make, make things for my friends and my kids now, yeah. Well, and then at what point, of, what, when exactly did you start Whip Up? Um, I think it's three or four months ago. Okay, and why don't you, for the folks at home, if people are, you know, just, have, yeah, I'm sure most of the listeners are going to know what Whip Up is, but in case there's some that don't, um, can you give a brief overview of what what the site's all about? Um, well, it's kind of, it's kind of it's just like a craft portal, um, and which there's a multi, like it's multi authors, and so all the different authors they post about their specialty and things that they have found that they are interested in or in the craft realm. Not all of them are. Um, you know, actively post as much as others because everyone has their own schedule or they're, you know, they just post when they can. Some people obviously have got millions of other projects going and, um, I started Whip Up, um, just to make it a place, um, like a community and, um, for all the new craft blogs who are coming. And so it's kind of a place where, um, I can I can showcase new blogs that are coming up and also inspirational um artists and crafters and um and ideas it's kind of I suppose it's just such a broad I mean such a it covers such a broad spectrum, you know, and handmade. Um and and it, but it doesn't even cover everything yet, you know, like obviously there's so many missing elements, you know, I still don't have a jewelry um, person and um, I've only got one guy, so um, yeah, like I'm still working on that. But that kind of takes time to um, you know approach people and stuff out who wants to um, contribute, and then getting them started, and and um, you know, and then there's other some of the other um, posters don't, you know, not everyone posts weekly. Some people only post monthly, and so kind of getting 
I suppose, the mix right. You know. So how do you select... How do you select your contributors? Um, well, originally, um, I just kind of approached a couple of the the craft blogs that I regularly read, and just I suppose I just kind of was was putting feelers out of you know did people think it was a good idea? And enthusiastic, you know, they responded yes, you know, and and um, and they wanted to be part of it, so. Um, and so originally I just kind of started off with that, like a core of like, I think it was like eight. And, um, and some of those people, you know, like they're, they're really busy and they don't post as often as they used to or, you know, they just kind of post occasionally. But that was kind of good getting that core of people because they're like people that have like really good kind of readership and, and, you know, and I was, you know, I would post regularly on their, you know, comment on them and they would comment on me. And they're all from all over the world, you know, like we're all, I mean, I'm in Australia and, you know, there's English and there's, um, you know, American and European and there's no one, I don't think there's anyone from Asia, but, and, and so once I kind of had that core group that, that were enthusiastic, I, um, I kind of just started to think about the formula that, you know, I would use. And um and, and I kind of give authors pretty free reign, like I don't um, you know, try to try to tell them what I mean, they kind of mostly have a topic that they post on. And now as I'm getting new people on board, I'm really getting getting more specialised topics rather than general topics. Mm-hmm. Whereas the first the first group were just generalised. Um and so now I'm kind of looking for more special specialties. People, you know, to fill in the gaps, you know, like Karen Erickson recently came on board and she's doing ceramics, and and I've got Drew the crochet dude, and he's kind of doing um, kind of more um, male crafting, and um, you know, so um, I'm also like I'm still looking for a jewelry person, and and I'd, I'd love to have more men, you know, as well, but it kind of takes me time to research who. Because obviously I need I need people who are interested in blogging, you know, and their blogs have to be kind of prolific as well, you know, that they're um, interested enough to be updating their blog daily so that they're kind of, you know, like I've got to know that they're into blogging. Right. And what their writing style is and, and all that kind of thing, you know. Because you're not really looking for people to talk about what they did today as much no, as no, no. you like, want. You, it's all no. craft related and, you know, everyone has their niche contribution. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I kind of don't usually want people to talk about their own projects unless they're, you know, like giving a tutorial that they've done or, um, you know, or their thing is like Zoe who does the, um, the altered clothing. She, um, you know, like occasionally, you know, like she'll, you know, get an idea like for the, for the t-shirt and then, you know, she's seen it somewhere and she'll actually do it and then take a photo of how she's done it, you know, so. So that, you know, and that's really great, I think, you know, because people want to see, you know, there's been some book about altered T-shirts and, you know, but does it really work, you know, are those instructions any good? Right, right, and have her give her expert opinion. Yeah. That has value for readers. Do you have any idea how many readers you have? Um, It's about, well, it ranges, like, on the weekend it just drops right down and during the week... It kind of doubles. Um, probably about 
Um, between seven and ten thousand today. That's great. Yeah. And did that exceed your expectation? Oh, hugely! <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, I was not prepared for it. Really. Um, I just had, you know, when I started the blog, I just had it on a local server, and um, and like on the first day, I just suddenly like there was just it was just hit madly, you know, because it was advertised a couple of weeks before. And um, and we had to change um, we had to change our web host provider like straight away because you know we were just getting hit with um, this huge um, bandwidth fee so I just hadn't expected you know the bandwidth to be so huge and so you know I could <laughs> so so we we had to move the server to America and um, you know so that's kind of like confuses me with the time zones because our server's on American time zone and I'm in Australia and Right and you know, it's, so. I know for me it's fourteen hour difference and I struggle to calculate. I'm like, okay, what mm. time is it there? Would you say that are most of your contributors American or is it Um What are they? Um well there's a few from Australia. I think there's four. I have to have a look at the list <laughs> before I answer <laughs> that off the top of my head. I I don't well I've I've got Camilla um, and Karen, they're from Europe, and um, and and I've got Claire and and um, from Luby Lou and Craftapalooza and Nikki Shell, they're all Australian, and Six and a Half Stitches, she's Australian, and I was probably, I mean, probably most of them American. And I'm curious about crafting in Australia. Do you notice that, you know, just in the last, I know within the last um, five years, especially here in the United States, there's been just this craft, like, explosion where people that weren't into it, I mean, you learned as a child to sew. I learned crafts as a child as well. So for me, this has always been part of my personal culture, but it wasn't something Mm -hmm. that everybody around me did. Um, And I'm, I'm trying to get a sense of whether or not you've noticed that, you know, more people, you know, um, just doing crafts in Australia that maybe they weren't doing that five or ten years ago? Um, in my personal circle, I don't think so. Like, a lot of my friends, which I, I think is why I like blogging so much, is that my friends are not into it at all. And um, and so, which is, which is kind of great about blogging, is that you suddenly meet all these people who are into it, you know, and who... You can kind of talk nerdy, craft talk, you know, fabric and <laughs> right. wool and stuff. You know, and you just, like, try to talk about that with your friends and they just look at you a bit, you know. <laughs> but, um, and I suppose also for me, um, it's kind of always like a thing that my mum does, you know. It's a little bit, a little bit kind of nerdy, daddy, you know. And, and it's still, I don't think it still has, um, has got past that. I mean, I mean, in some in some circles, and and certainly, and so even at art school, you know, the textiles department is kind of a little bit, um, you know, it's not seen. It doesn't have the same credentials as, and, and I think that's the same in every art school actually. But you know, it's that whole craft versus art thing. Oh yeah. Um, and um, but you know, like I think textile art is, um. I mean, it's certainly not popular. You know, the textile department is like half the size as, as all the other departments. You know, and um, 
And and we don't have a prolific array of craft stores. Certainly not where I live. I mean, maybe um, maybe in Sydney. I don't know. I'll have to ask. Um, but I mean, it's certainly not not people aren't going crazy, you know, making stuff. And um, yeah, not at all, really. Yeah. Well, I know you're widely you're widely known. You know, among the artistic and crafty folks that are blogging online or just surfing around to other, you know, crafty and artistic websites, do people, like, how do people that know you and know some of these things that you're doing online, do they think it's a big deal or are you just kind of, or are they not really that intrigued by it? I'm just wondering if, if people realize that you have, like, thousands following what you're doing on the web. I was telling my mom about it and she's kind of funny. Like, she'll come up to me and she'll go, oh, there's this, um, you know, guy that, um, you know, I buy my wool from and he, um, you know, doesn't have a website and doesn't have an email and he doesn't, you know, have a shop front, but could you do a story on him? <laughs> I'm like, who is he? And what, what? you know, <laughs> and so I think, yeah, like, they just kind of don't understand. Well, my mum doesn't get it, but, um, but my brother thinks it's cool and he actually recently started a blog as well and but you know like other people like you know you say oh yeah I've got this website and it's got yeah and they're like oh yeah and I don't think they've even looked at it a lot of friends like it's just not their thing but um it's funny I suppose my biggest um I mean my my brother and my husband you know I think it's really cool even that and they kind of they kind of think it's cool from a a kind of a computer nerdy kind of um angle because they're both um, computer programmers, and I just think, you know, and they're just into anything that, you know, technology, you know, stuff. So they just think it's cool from that perspective. But, um. They're not necessarily going to sit down and, and sew with you. <laughs> <laughs> and probably the only person that would is my mum, and, yeah, she's kind of got this funny, um, yeah, she only ever makes practical stuff. She doesn't make anything, you know, that's vaguely frivolous um you know like i've shown her um these some of these um with the whiplash i've got all these books donated as prizes and i've shown some of the the knitting books because all the new knitting books you know they've all got cool kind of you know knitting christmas decorations and and knitted bibs and you know all that kind of stuff and i've shown them to my mum she's like oh why would anyone want to knit a bib that's Ridiculous! <laughs> I've never knit something like that, and so it's quite—it's quite funny that that perspective. Anyway, <laughs> no, is sewing her forte? Is that what she does, or she knits as well? And she does a bit of everything. Okay, um, she does, she does sewing, knitting, crochet, felting is her latest kind of thing that she started doing. She's just like does kind of every kind of craft that has to do with yarn or fabric. I see. Oh, and spinning. She's really into spinning as well. It's funny to see, um, you know, like I'll say, oh, mum, can you knit me, because I don't knit or crochet, and I'll say, oh, mum, can you, you know, I've got this really nice pattern for this jumper that I like, you know, can you knit it for me? And she will, but it'll come back slightly altered. You know, <laughs> she, she didn't like the fact that the buttons are at the front, she's put them on the side. She didn't like that it didn't have a cuff, so she's put cuffs on it. <laughs> You know, the length was too long, so she shortened it, you know. And so it's like, and you know, the colour I chose, she, you know, thought it needed some pink at it. So, so you never know what you're going to get back. No, that's right. So, um, 
Yeah, so it's kind of a bit of a gamble to get her to make some stuff. And, <laughs> and recently she knew the um, Atelier Poncho. Yeah. And, um, you know, and she gave it to Atelier on a birthday and Atelier just <laughs> went, I don't like it. I'm sorry, I don't like it. And she just didn't say I'm sorry, actually. She just said, it's disgusting, I'm not wearing it. Wait, your, your, your daughter's... <laughs> <laughs> she said, "That's disgusting." Heartbroken, like you know, she like had put in hours and hours and hours into crochet poncho, and Atelier just went, "I'm, I'm never wearing that. Like take that away from me." <laughs> you know, That's what I have to look forward to. My daughter's too, so she'll wear just about anything right now. <laughs> I know, I know. So, uh, anyway, so. Um, you know, it's very unpredictable. And I actually warned her, you know, I said, look, you know, like, be prepared for rejection. Like, don't kind of build it up. Because <laughs> 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 I kind of knew something like that might happen. Because it's, you know, it's one way or the other. There's no, like, she won't just politely take it and say thank you and then put it away. She'll tell you, you know, what she thinks. Well, you know, it, well, it sounds like you're prepared for that because you've experienced some of that, um, you know, her taste. Well, that's and, right. You know, yeah. the first few objections, you get heartbroken. You're like, you really don't like it. Are you sure? You know, like, it's, like it's this and it's that, and I've spent all this time on it. And and she's like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, like, she doesn't care about the time she's been on it. Like, she doesn't understand. She spent hours, you know, making it. She's like, I'm not wearing it. <laughs> that's that. Like, you can't make me. Does she show show any um, crafty tendencies? I mean, is she interested at all? I know she's young, but is she interested in yeah, sewing? Yes, yeah. oh, she's interested. Like, and she helps me. Um, you know, like she helps me with pinning, and I'm sitting at the sewing machine. She'll sit next to me and hand me pins and trim the, you know, trim the the excess and you know that kind of thing. And and I've got her to make a little couple of little soft toys. You know, like she we cut out the pattern in the fabric and. And she'll sit at the machine while I stand behind her and guide the fabric through. Oh, that's nice. So she'll yeah, be maybe yeah. making her own clothes before Nalan. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can trust her yet. But, um, you know, I just, just kind of get really chuffed about, you know, just kind of just doing, you know, just being involved, I think. Well, how do you feel about it? Because I know when my daughter is only two, and, of course, I exposed her almost at birth to, you know, whatever project I'm doing, I if she wants to sit and watch or hand me beads or do something, hold on to the yarn. When she shows interest, my heart, like, flutters because <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is so wonderful. It's like I'm in craft heaven, you know, like where I'm just like, I, this is just beyond my wildest dreams that this small child is intrigued with a craft. And who knows, I mean, it could end any time, you know, with her deciding, mm-hmm. you know, that's not for me and no, Mom, I don't want to watch you crochet or help you or whatever but she seems really kind of interested as much as a two-year-old can be (laughs) but I mean how do you feel when your daughter shows interest what kind of I mean what do you think of that um well I mean sometimes it depends when she shows interest if she's showing interest while I'm in the middle of something (laughs) yeah I've had that experience too (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, and she wants to like sew, sew while you're kind of halfway through a quilt and you've got half an hour of, you know, time until, you know, you've got a deadline or something. Then, um, you know, it's a bit of a pain. But, but other times I can make time, you know, for her and I'm like, right, okay, let's, you know, make a project. And, and then she's like really into it. And, and it's, you know, it's really nice. Like I like, you know, 
spending time with her and, and having that quality time. Because at the moment, I'm not the favourite. You know, Rob, my husband, he's the favourite. Oh, I Side over. <laughs> he gets to sit next to him at the table, you know, and I'm at the other end all by myself. <laughs> oh, goodness. Just quietly sewing in your lap. <laughs> I know, that's right. So, so when they do want to spend time with me, you know, like I have to kind of take it, you know, when I Yeah, um, yeah. You know, because otherwise I'm kind of out and cold, you know. Yeah, well, and yeah. kids are funny that way too. You know, where you know, I will have the the experience where I'll you know get her. She'll be so fascinated and wanting to do. Um, my sister gave her a little sewing thing. It's just those that card heart. Uh, it's like a um, book board, very thick cardboard that you can sew. Oh. You know, sew with little string. Uh, kind of like more like a almost like a shoelace type of yeah, thread through there. Yeah, and so she'll she'll sit yeah. there and and kind of do that with my help and you know, seems to like it, but then she'll decide, okay, she's done, and she just kind of throws it and goes off to the next, you know, toy, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah, but it's just really funny to me because she'll be so intense yeah. for, like, maybe yeah. 10 minutes, and then, okay, craft time is over, but I'm just, you know, I'm all smiles, and my husband just laughs because I'm like, look, she's crafting, <laughs> you know, because I, I, you know, I promised him that I will not pressure her to be a swimmer like her mama or a crafter, you know, if she yeah. doesn't, whatever she wants to do. I said, but if she wants to do crafts, I'm definitely going to be very encouraging. <laughs> so. I know. That's right. And it's not, yeah, it's nice. I mean, I think it's great to be able to make stuff. Like, you know, so many people kind of, they're just like, oh, you know, they just can't make things. They're just totally inept at, at you know, using their hands. And, you know, which I think is really kind of a bit sad in some ways, you know, you just... You just can't do it. You have to get when you get someone to do it or buy it. You can't, you know, quickly make up a gift to someone. You know. Well, what kind of what? How does it enrich your life to be able to make things? Like, why? Why do you make things? Um, I just, I really like the feeling I get from like having made it. You know, it's like you finish. You got a finished thing in your hands that you have made, and it's kind of cool, and you like it, and other people like it, and. And it's kind of um yeah, I just I just like that feeling, you know, that you've made something you know, you've actually made it, you know, from scratch. Um Yeah, I mean I mean I I don't claim to be a wonderful sewer, like my sewing is bodgy, you know, like really quite you know, like I've I've tried the quilting and my quilting is um terrible, so I'm 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 outsourcing that the time. But um you know, I just kind of like the just the feeling of having done it, I suppose. And that's, I mean, it's the same feeling I get when I garden. Like, I've, you know, I've watched the, you know, the design and plant in the garden and then, you know, watch the watch the plants grow and they actually don't die. And, you know, <laughs> just that sense of achievement. Yeah. Um, so that's one of your hobbies besides crafting and photography is you like to garden and what kind, what sort of garden? Uh, uh, well, it's kind of a hobby I have necessity because I've got this really huge backyard and I've just been trying to fill it with plants and um, and because our climate is so extreme we kind of almost have I mean, we have almost no rain and um, you know so I just have to like really research because I, I watering I, also we have really bad water tough water restrictions as well so you can only water like after dark which is not exactly the best time of day for me so I just have so I've kind of researched which plants, you know, grow well and, and I'm really happy when they don't die, you know. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's kind of it. Like, I'm not an expert at all. Like, I just kind of, you know, randomly plant things and then hopefully, I hope they don't die. Really, <laughs> that's my extent of my gardening experience. Yeah, I've wasted so much money buying them and they have died. And I'm getting better, though. I've learned from my mistakes. <laughs> I don't even want to add up all the money, though, because, I mean, I plant these plants that are supposedly perennial that are coming back every year. Well, some of them were perennial and only here for one year. <laughs> Didn't exactly survive. So, um, But, yeah, it's it's always fun when you, you look out in the spring. You're like, oh, it made it through the winter here in Michigan. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I know. Like, actually, yeah. Although our summer, the summer's the bad time for me. And the winter, I mean, you know, it's because it doesn't snow, we don't get snow, we just get frost. But frost kills those plants. Yeah, frost kills, and you know, you've got to have them. So that's why it's kind of this extreme temperature, you know, it goes, um, you know, from really hot to really cold, but, um, and no water in between. So, yeah. <laughs> so do you find it easier to craft than to garden? Yeah, yeah, somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> my, I kind of let my husband do a lot of the out, I mean, I mean, he's quite, you know, like he has his little outdoor projects as well. We recently, like, built a big chook shed for our chooks and, um, and we've got the mud oven, which my husband bakes every weekend. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. What sort of things are you baking in there? Um, well, he makes, he loves making pizza because he's kind of perfected. He's got this recipe that he just, like, he's quite a, you know, perfectionist and, you know, um, there's, there's a, you know, I'm not allowed to pretty much have any import because, you know, it's his thing, you know. And But he makes it, like, he's been making beautiful bread and he makes organic spilt. Also, the mud oven's really lovely for slow roasts and that kind of thing as well, so. Well, it, it looks fantastic, and um, I, I'm yeah. going to post that. I will post that photo so people know what we're talking about um, since you sent me that, that the photo of the oven. and yeah, yeah, How long did it take photo, you guys yeah. to make that? Was how, it, how long did it yeah, take? Yeah, was that a weekend project or several days? or? Yeah, it was kind of a, well, it was probably like two weekends for the basic mud oven. And um, but it's actually got three layers of mud on it. And you can just do it with one layer, which, um, but that just means it cools down a lot quicker. So you kind of can't do, you know, three lots of bread, you can only do one, you know, and then it just starts to cool down. Whereas then, you know, then you've got like, Two other layers on top, which just means it holds in the heat for much longer. Where did you get yeah. the idea for that? Um, there's a book called the author's called uh, Kiko Denzo, and um, and he he wrote a book about how. To, so it's his like it's his mud oven recipe from this book. We just followed the followed the followed the book instructions, and. Um, I can't think of the name of the book. It's just called Light the Mud Oven or something. But the author's Kiko Denso. It's on um, the project's website anyway, the link to... And also the will be instructions um, are on our website as well, on the project's website for that mud oven. Okay, because that just looks yeah. really cool. Do, uh, is it common? I mean, do a lot of your neighbors have these, or is this pretty unique? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not common. It's common here, but it's anyway. And how have the neighbors reacted to the, the mud oven? Uh, well, it gets a bit smoky sometimes, and and um, but but it's not near anybody's clothesline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I forget to take the clothes off the line, and Rob's already lit the oven, and I have to like wash them again because they just smell of smoke. <laughs> otherwise, 
Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the adventures of um, just living a creative life. And, and obviously, if, you, if you're cooking with a with a mud oven, you guys are baking things in a mud oven, I'd say your your family is pretty darn creative, you know. <laughs> well, it's nice. It's nice that he does it too, you know. But he just doesn't, he doesn't clean up the mess. Like, he's, you know, he leaves bowls and bowls of pastry dough, you know, everywhere. <laughs> And there's a flower all over the kitchen, you know, at the end. But is, does the food taste good, though? Yeah, it tastes great. So it the trade-off is, yeah. is maybe yeah, pretty good? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. So what, are you, what projects are you working on right now? Do you have any sewing projects going? Um, yeah, I've got a couple of sewing projects. I've got a, um, I've got a couple of, like, probably about four half-finished quilts. I'm, um, I've got... Like a, a baby quilt for my brother's new baby, and I've got a kind of a single bed quilt for Lando, which I've I'm nearly finished that one, and um, and I've got a, a queen size quilt which I'm doing the um, unfinished business from from the modern quilt, which um, I'm part of um, the the modern quilt along on diorama, Mama, but I I'm just um, haven't done much on that, and. Um, Otherwise, um, yeah, like I kind of that's kind of I'm kind of a bit um, stagnant at the moment on that on those. But um, um, yeah, like otherwise, I'm just because I'm I'm kind of been really busy with with work and and the whip up thing. So that's kind of holding my time at the moment. And what are your um, future plans with? Your your uh, your websites and everything else. Do you have any any big plans for what you want to do next? Um, uh, I think I'll, um, well, we we pop. Um, I'm just gonna. I mean, that's just you know, I'm just kind of promoting that slowly as I go, and I'm not really sure where that's going to go. But um, I'd like to put probably a, a public forum on there soon. Um, because I think that would be you know I think that might be quite good. I'm not sure how. People would, I don't know, um, if people want to form. But I think a, a few people have kind of asked about that. So I'm kind of looking into that. And, um, but yeah, like at the moment, I'm just kind of, I suppose, just um, fixing the things that are there. And, um, you know, have, having just a, like still, the whiplash is kind of the current thing that we're doing. And, um and, and just that actually takes more time than I thought. <laughs> yeah, because I imagine when you I get thought, all the yeah, entries. That's a great idea. Sure, I'll do that. And then, you know, before you know, it, oh my god, like this is taking this is taking a big chunk of my time. But and you're doing that every single week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's going for six weeks. And uh, I just randomly chose six weeks because I kind of had a lot of prizes donated, authors and. Um, and I thought, yeah, you know, they will kind of cover that. Um, but it's really had such a huge response and, um, and there's so many kind of like new, um, craft blogs that I've never seen before that have entered it. And so that's really fun, you know, like, um, finding, and I think that's kind of good as well that they have a, you know, they can kind of promote themselves by entering, um, the Whiplash competition and other people can find new blogs and, and so that's kind of been really good as well. And just for people who don't know, if you can explain what the Whiplash competition is, so everybody knows what we're talking about. Oh, okay, yeah. So, um, well, I first heard this term, Whiplash. I think it was on Yarn Harlot and, um, and and a few of the other knitting blogs kind of talk about Whiplash 
um, it's like a quick project that they do that you do after you've, you know, you've might have like spent ages on some really complicated kind of knitting project. And, and when you finish that, you just want to do a, a something really quick and easy. So that's kind of what the whiplash is. It's like, you know, reaction to something. And, um, you know, something like, you know, the opposite, you know, like a, a fast movement in the opposite direction, you know, when you have a whiplash. So that's what kind of the, the idea for that was. And, um, and so the idea is that people, like, the competition's only open for, I think, four days, five days. And so people have, like, the weekend to make something. And I post a theme, like, on a Thursday. And, you know, they've got a few days to think about it and make it and then post it before the competition finishes on the Monday. And, um, and so that's kind of what that is. Yeah. And so, um, that's what that little, um, the code was that my brother's been working on to up, for people to upload their own links. Okay. So you don't have to go and do that for everybody. No, so I don't have to do that. People can just kind of manually do that. And, and I think that, I mean, that kind of confused everyone for a while. I think sometimes my explanations aren't always as good as they could be. Or, I don't know, if my direction sometimes are a bit way off because, you know, a lot of people didn't understand. <laughs> but maybe they, I, I hope kind of people are getting, getting hang of it now. But I think one of the things with all this, the technology is a lot of us, um, you know, like to work with fiber and, Yarn and well, and I mean fabrics and you know all these crafty mm. things. And then when you have to try to enter a contest and you're very crafty and you have to figure out, okay, what do I do with the link? Do I click on it? Do I paste it in? Yeah. What am I supposed to be doing? It's like a whole other breed, you know, of, of just knowledge that you have to try and tap into. Yeah, and, and that's right. Well, I figured that. I mean, all these people have blogs anyway, so you've got to be, you know, you've got to know something. Right, right. That's true. You know, you know, I'm helping them. You know. You're just pushing <laughs> no, them. You're pushing crafters to the next level. You know, that's right. <laughs> you're no, forcing no, everyone no, to learn. You know their blogging experience. Yeah. You know, <laughs> understand what a permalink is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, that yeah. So that's kind of been really um, kind of fun, and and also I found like a huge response from authors and publishers like sending me, you know, books to be given away as prizes. So that's you know. Really cool too. Yeah. Well, and it gives people a great incentive to do something creative and crafty, and then to be rewarded for their efforts if they're yeah, selected yeah, as a winner. Yeah, right. and, and I don't know if that's even the reason why people enter to get a prize. Um, you know, I think maybe they just enter so that you know they're in it. You know, and 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 the um, the motivation to make something. You know, as well. Well, just the inspiration itself is is good to get people yeah. kind of going on a project. And who who do you find that inspires you? Whose work do you love? Well, well, um, you know, Rick Swingle from Fun Quilts was kind of one of my really kind of major influences, and you know, which is why I was so excited that she even read Whip Up and then wanted to be a um, a contributor. But um, but other people, you know, like um, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the contributors I have I have on board, like I just really love. Luby Lou, Claire from Melbourne, Luby Lou, like, I think she was probably kind of the blog that started me off blogging. Um, I mean, she's been around for so, so long, and, you know, she has such a kind of wonderful blog. And also, I think that the fact that she was Australian, and, you know, I could kind of really relate to her lifestyle, and everything really, um, 
kind of influences me a lot. And um, Jane from Yarnstorm, you know, like I love, I love, um, you know, she's this kind of really amazing creator and she has just such a beautiful sense of colour. Like I just love looking at her blog and all the, you know, things that she makes. I mean, so many. I mean, I just can't even... You know, name them all, really. Do you have any advice? Any advice to pass on to people that might have an idea that they want to launch online, um, or they're looking to get into kind of try to connect with other other crafters online? Do you have any advice of how to go about doing that? How to how to start a blog? Or? Yeah, how to kind of get a presence because I think there's a lot of people that um, you know they might be start recently started listening to podcasts or maybe they have a blog but they don't update it all the time and they're just not. Yeah you know, maybe having trouble getting kind of just really getting into a pattern. Yeah, I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? Like, because when people just kind of randomly post and and you never know. Um, I think the thing that I look for in a blog, because I can't can't subscribe to a lot of blogs via blog lines and, um, and, like, I'll see one, you know, like I just might stumble upon a blog that I, I like the look of and I'll put it on my blog lines and then I'll, I'll check in on it every now and again and yeah, and then if it kind of continually kind of keeps grabbing my attention, then you know, like, um, you know, like I'll kind of regularly read it. Um, and and I suppose the things that kind of grab my attention, I mean, images, you know, first of all. And um, like I'm a really image person. Not everyone like reacts to images, you know, the same. Or but but I really um, love a, a blog that's really clean and and easy to read and and has great images. I wear I wear gla- eye glasses and reading glasses and um and and so reading kind of blogs that have small fonts and and dark backgrounds I just find really difficult so I don't even I, I kind of hardly you know would, would even look at those um and so you know if an image, and then and then after that if they if they write really well you know and I'll keep coming back to that so um you know I think maybe that you just got to kind of keep in mind. Yeah, if you want someone to actually read your blog, then you've got to make it accessible. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the main thing, really. Yeah. And you also have to update, too, because I think a lot of times people think, oh, well, no one's reading my blog, and they've had one post for three months. That might be why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think everyone has that, though. Um, I mean, I, you know, like, I don't think anyone commented on my blog for, like, six months, you know, and but you have to, I suppose, have other reasons for doing it, you know, um, uh, you know, you've got to kind of want, want to do it for your own self. And obviously when people start reading it and commenting and then that's just this huge boost and, I mean, that's great when that happens. A lot of ways that people, um, you know, like kind of promote their blogs to other, you know, others in the community are, are by the swaps. There's heaps of swaps and, um, you know, and, um, and entering competitions and, and all that kind of thing, and and also commenting, you know, on on other blogs, then you kind of get your get your name out there, and people can find you. Because otherwise, you know, you have to be found. Like the web, the World Wide Web, it's a you know pretty big place, so you have to kind of make it make yourself found. Right, you kind of have to come out and say hello to people, so they know yeah, you're you there. Say hello first. Yeah, you've got to go and. You know, find blogs that you're interested in and comment on them and email them and, you know, tell people you're there and enter some of the swaps in the communities and, um, you know, that are going on and, 
and um, you know, and, and then you know, you will start to find people who have similar interests because it's not just about like crafting; it's about all the other things as well. You know, like um, the personal stuff. You know, but if you're a mother, you might be interested in other mother blogs. If you're, you know, living in a certain area, there's going to be other blogs that are in that area too, and and so kind of finding your niche, I suppose, is quite good because then you know you, you get a little community within the bigger community going, and that's I think that's kind of very important. Well, it's also fun to connect with people that you have quite a bit in common with, but may never see in person. It's really kind of yeah, interesting yeah, how that works. Right, you know, and yeah, exactly. You know, and, and a lot of these, because funny all these Jane um, craft blogs, you know, that that I email and comment, and they comment on me, and, and we email each other heaps. You know, not heaps, but you know, a bit. And um, and you kind of get to know them through their blog, but you've never met them. You know, and I think some some of them actually have met each other, and some people kind of do. You know, if they're travelling to another city and they, you know, hook up. I think that's very nice. Um, and there's a couple in Canberra that I've hooked up with, but um, you know, so it's kind of nice actually to meet them in person, and they're real. You know, real people, just normal real people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this, it really it really is neat to see just how many people and you're getting thousands of of those visitors with interest in your your sites. That's wonderful to see. Thank you once again. I really do appreciate your generosity of your yeah. time and no, uh, no, that's fine. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so I am completely whipped. How about you? Thanks to Kathleen for sharing her story and creating such a wonderful site. If you haven't checked out WhipUp.net yet, by all means, head over there and see what you've been missing. There you'll find information about all the cool site contributors, the Whiplash competition, and information about how you can support the website. Katherine is a great example of a busy woman who is acting on her creative ideas. So you know that really cool idea you've been kicking around for a while? Maybe today is a good day to take the first step toward making it a reality. Be inspired and take creative action. While your idea may seem too huge to execute, remember that you don't have to do it all in one day. Break it down to pieces and chip away at it just a little bit each day. And before you know it, you might have something pretty cool to put your name on. And whatever you do, just don't abandon your idea. Give it a try, and you'll likely be pleasantly surprised by the results. You can do it. You can do it. Okay, I seem to have slipped into my motivational speaker alter ego. So, we're going to move on now. Sorry about that. Okay, so one little announcement before I sign off. I've been thinking about saving the planet a lot lately. Well, okay, not me personally saving the whole planet, but I've just been kind of thinking about just all the stuff that is wasted, especially here in America. Just everything from pizza boxes to food wrappers and all these things that it just drives me insane when I seem to have to throw these things away. I mean, it'd be kind of weird if I was collecting pizza boxes and letting them fester in my home, so I refrain from doing that, but and I do recycle cardboard, but I just keep thinking there's got to be a better way. But anyway... I've been thinking about this a lot, and I want to do a show about eco-friendly handcraft. So I'm collecting project ideas for creating cool stuff with recycled materials. And I would love to hear from you about your favorite artists and crafters who specialize in earth-friendly crafting. So um, if you have a person in mind or you do something really cool yourself, please email your ideas to me, jennifer at craftsanity.com, and I'll be absolutely delighted to hear from you. 
And as always, feel free to send along your guest suggestions and comments and any feedback you have and any other ideas you have about show topics or anything that I'm not doing and you wish I was or maybe things I'm doing that you wish I wasn't. You know, So far, I mean, all my emails have been really, really great. I'm not trying to entice someone to tell me to, to go to hell in an email or anything, but, um, you know, like I said, you can't influence anything if you don't tell me if there's an issue. There's always room for improvement. I'm kind of a one-woman show. Well, with my fantastic husband, uh, Jeff Haywood, who does the technical stuff for me, because I really struggle with that. My forte is yarn and glue guns, not computers. So anyway, I appreciate all of his help. And thanks to all of you for keeping me in business. If I didn't get the email and if I wasn't able to see the download numbers continue to increase each week, I would not keep doing this, because who wants to talk to themselves? Not me. Um, So thanks to all of you for listening. Have a great week, and don't forget to craft sanity. Thanks for listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast with Jennifer Ackerman Haywood. Visit CraftSanity.com for more information about today's guests and links to subscribing to the podcast. Want to support the show? Follow the link to vote for Craft Sanity on Podcast Alley once a month. You can also make a donation or buy goods at the Craft Sanity store. Have a suggestion for a future guest or have other feedback? Email Jennifer at CraftSanity.com. Thanks again for listening to Craft Sanity.